we'll be uh, we're joined right now by uh, Northfield's City Administrator Ben Martin. Ben, uh, that uh, commercial break caught me off guard. It ended quicker than what we both thought. <laughs> All of a sudden, there was dead air. Uh, ben Marty is with us, Northfield City Administrator. You had a uh, work session last month, and this is that yearly one where you start kicking off the budget and levy process, tax levy process. Uh, let's start. I Kind of give us a, a nutshell of how we get to this point and the presentations that uh, uh, were made last night. Uh, when do you start working on this? Is it a constant thing? And uh, how much information has yet to be, uh, I guess, formulated? Yeah, we generally say this is about a six-month process. If you're, I mean, we, we do finance year-round, but I would say starting in June with our annual audit, and that's a midpoint on our operating year with our calendar budget year. That's really the point where we kind of see how things are trending. We have the prior year's independent financial review, and then we're kind of rolling into staff putting together requests and details and normally uh, we would be starting probably in july with the council at some of what we covered last night but we've had some pretty major projects that have been in the works including some of these redevelopment projects downtown that the city's working in or the reviewing of the private ones with like on the archer house so we're probably about a month behind on the council side of review of things so we're accelerating a little bit uh, next month on some things but um, key points coming up, I guess, is we, we usually kind of take the budget a little bit in bites, and I think it's worked well. So utility funds, we do multi-year financial planning. Um, so that that's a but it's a big portion of our budget. So stormwater management, wastewater management, water, drinking water, um, garbage fund, uh, and uh, did I say wastewater mm-hmm. uh, treatment? Those are some really big ones, and we tackle them early. And also it helps, I think, at least one piece for businesses that are bigger industry to prepare as it relates to the utilities that they pay for for their budgeting process as well. So kind of kicked off on that, and then a few uh, tax levy funds that kind of stand alone. And so that's kind of that was our main focus of last night and then the September 5th meeting. We'll be digging more into the levy-supported funds, um, which we have to set a maximum preliminary levy at the end of September. So it's a key milestone coming up in our budgeting process. Uh, let's talk about uh, utility funds. Uh, there, I understand there uh, could be a significant increase uh, in the uh, utility funds. Could you uh, kind of walk us through what's going on there? Yeah, let's start with price. Um, so cost right now, when you look at stormwater, garbage, wastewater, water, all of the utility billings you get in the mail, average the typical resident about $75.75 for this year. And next year, the bill would go to uh, $82.06 per month as, a, as an estimate. So little $7 or so more increase per month that we would have. On a percentage basis, that um, dollar amount, that's not a huge amount that I don't think that we're talking about with all those different utilities you get. Wastewater is pretty incremental, 2%. If you look at just the total increase, garbage is 1%. Um, Storm sewer is 15%. Again, these aren't big numbers when you break them all out individually. And then the water plant, 20%. I'd say the one that we're really focused on in particular, and we're ramping up more education on it as we're in the construction design phase, is the new water treatment plant that we have. So when we talk about those 20% increases, we're looking at that over a multi-year period to ramp up to pay for basically a new treatment plant. We really don't have much of any water treat, uh, formal water treatment now, but to reduce some of these um, 
uh, manganese in the drinking water. And then we found with an incremental increase, we can also do some softening of the water as part of that too, that allows for more contaminants to get removed basically into the future indefinitely. We think they'd be able to treat anything else that would come down from a regulation standpoint. That's going to cost some money. Now we're trying to get federal dollars to help pay for that. The good news is we've been getting by very cheaply, especially for a community our size. The vast majority of cities, when we look at this being at basically our maximum rate in 2026 to get to that fully funded amount, we're still going to actually be pretty lower than our peers with these treatment plants and other places, which we've talked about. So, but if you kind of look incrementally from this year to the next, we aren't looking, you know, real big dollar changes there, but I would say the good news too on the like on the wastewater plant, we're doing major upgrades to the plant right now, and we've got a few scheduled ahead. So when we talk about two percent, not only are we modernizing the treatment plant to allow for growth and you know, appropriate treatment of uh, wastewater currently, we're really preparing for the future. We had a you know we've been doing financial planning, so debt fell fell off from original plant costs, and then we planned it to roll right into the new debt to kind of keep it more flat and incremental cost for people. So. We had number, we've talked about it multiple times. We, we've had some pretty major um, issues over the past like five years, not in recent years, but you know, we had had a fire out there. We had some broken pipe issues that caused some flooding that the insurance basically paid for that actually reduced some of the costs for us. Um, but, um, but we're also doing some other major improvements. So wastewater is in pretty good shape on the stormwater and the stormwater fund you know we're still doing a lot of flood management preparations so we have had some planning costs that are driving some of that stormwater treatment up we also do dredging of stormwater ponds because we need to treat the water in new developments into ponding and then there's overflow from that rather than going right into the sewer line and then into the rivers because it creates more contaminants so the federal law basically through the state mandates that we do that but sediment fills up from sand and grit and things from the streets going into the storm drains and into these ponds. So every so many years you have to dredge that out. So we do have ongoing maintenance cost of stormwater in addition to like flood management along the river that we've been doing some improvements and planning uh, with some of that. Down the road, we are looking at maybe a flood wall expansion on the west side of, of the road. The timing's pretty good, though, and we think we're going to be able to get some federal grants potentially. Um, so we're going to be continuing to try and pursue those to see if we can reduce some costs. I would say the last one on the utility funds probably is a is a big one that kind of comes to mind is, um, well, not big, to some people, inconvenience, fall time of the year in particular. We're still trying to um, look down the road on our on our uh, tree tree site and brush site that we have where people bring their grass clippings and their tree debris and things um, down by Seckler Park. Um, it's landlocked by the railroad, so we've had occasions with railroad traffic in the fall, especially when people are busy bringing lots of leaves in or tree brush management, which is just around the corner. Um, sometimes if the, tree, the trains come along and people get stuck, we've had people stuck in there for 45 minutes to an hour sometimes, which you can imagine on a beautiful Saturday morning when you're trying to get work done. It can probably be a little frustrating for people uh, in that situation. So we've been looking at either finding a new site potentially for a property to go. But right now we're currently looking at possibly putting a culvert in um, to be able to connect into the Seckler Park where the ball fields are. There's a, there's a stream that goes through there. So we, we're looking at a gated facility that potentially we could have another exit out that if people get, if that happens, we'd have another way out. 
The issue, though, is that's pretty expensive. The culvert's very expensive, and there is it is a protected stream, so we have to be careful from an environmental standpoint, so we're still wrestling with that. Nothing's decided yet, but also, um, as we look at the garbage fund that's pretty healthy, um, that cash could get drained down pretty quickly and uh, related to some of these projects. That, that culvert project could push three-quarters of a million um, to a, to a million dollars potentially with the culvert and gate system get put up. So again, we're taking a hard look at the options on that as well. But no, what are we looking for? And the, these are long-term uh, items that are not going to be done in 2024 or some right. of them, I should say. Right. So is this going to uh, just like a savings account somewhere that uh, is uh, getting us ready to pay for those or uh, how, uh, how is this figured within the budget? Yeah, I would say the, the, the garbage example, it's why we're probably doing, like when we talk about a 1% fee increase, if we weren't looking at this type of an improvement on that project, we probably wouldn't be doing any rate increases. So that one's intentionally knowing we're either looking at some big dollars being used. So rather than keeping it at zero and then having a you know double digit type of an increase down the road, we're doing it more incremental for right now. Similar on the the stormwater projects, not all those projects are assumed to happen. So some of those, I would say, are a little bit theoretical on that. But wastewater and the water treatment, we know what the costs are. We know what projects we're currently doing and what are planned. And these rates are based on probably like a five-year rolling average. And so we're trying to just do it more incrementally over time uh, to help pay for it again, rather than just waiting and then having a big increase um, all at once. We're kind of phasing it in. So it's more slow and steady for folks, which I think is generally appreciated. Frankly, I've talked to you about this before. When we talk tax levy, we're trying to do better financial management and planning so that we can get there related to um, tax levy management related to our other funds. But for utility funds, that's what we're looking at. So it's more incremental. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, Ben Martin is with us, uh, Northfield City Administrator. Let's move into uh, economic development in that uh, budget. Uh, that um, There is a lot of development, economic development going on, the EDA. Are you working? The EDA has a separate tax levy. Is that uh, what you were discussing last night? Yeah, so this would be one when I talk about, you know, biting off in chunks. This one is a tax levy supported fund, both on our Economic Development Authority and then on our Housing and Redevelopment Authority. The state of Minnesota has a maximum amount of levy that cities can levy based on their total valuation. Northfield has traditionally gone, well, as long as I've been here and even prior, has gone to that maximum amount. So the combination of uh, both of those are about $700,000 a year in combination of both of those, so about three hundred and fifty each, uh, $350,000 each of those funds. So it's that would, tra- we do have valuation increases in the city, so property values are going up and we've had tax tax base growth um, of actual new construction as well so the overall levy impact of those two would be about a 0.6 percent increase to the citywide levy Um, economic development authority both of them can do housing and economic development projects but we've segregated those primarily where the eda does really more commercial industrial work and the hra does um, more housing related work um and they've we've, they've had some, you know, just to highlight some of the things, 
that those dollars have returned dollars this year. We've got a million and a half dollar grant that because of the staff that we have, we're able to apply work with the Southern Minnesota Initiative Fund to go after some state funding. And we're seeing now these downtown buildings getting improved um, with redevelopment. So again, $350,000 we put in, we just got a million and a half this year. So that certainly allows us to leverage other dollars. Um, we do also do micro grants, $5,000 grants that a lot of our small businesses downtown have utilized. Minnesota Solstice last year, a great little retailer on, on Division Street, uh, received a benefit for some of their improvement. The other thing, um, just for visually some of the where these dollars have gone, the riverfront enhancement, we're trying to activate the river. The Little Joy um, um, deck that they added off of the back there that people have been enjoying uh, we had economic development dollars um, go into the, some grants, go into that seven different grants re- leveraging over uh, $130,000 with our $64,000 investment. Um, we got improvements and that, that includes the little joy project as part of that as well. Um, another building across the river that did some improvements as well. So certainly, uh, certainly a benefit. Some of our goals going forward too is expanding our commercial and industrial tax base. So again, if we, we know that Northfield's tax base is much lower than our peer communities. So to try and keep our tax rate low, we want to try and continue to you know, encourage our local businesses to grow and also bring in maybe some new business and industry. So we've got some activity going with that. We've got redevelopment projects going downtown. We've got some new growth areas that we're working with out in the northwest part of the city. And then we got a couple of sites left in town, but not very many that we're still trying to market and see if we can get those uh, built out. Um, branding that we're doing too. Some of this work on communications and branding is really about trying to communicate our message to visitors. So we'll be working with the convention and visitors bureau to kind of do a fresh campaign about why, why Northfield's a great place to visit, to get people to come down, spend money, uh, visit, visit us as well as our economic development authority to try and recruit and grow our business community in, in key sectors. So we're excited about the direction of the economic development authority Housing side of things, we've had a lot of work, too. Um, we've been partnering with Habitat for Humanity, helping the fund a property to add some new affordable housing. Um, we're looking at uh, Manufactured Home Park Emergency Fund that we partnered with the Community Action Center and HCI related to help um, have some safe and secure housing. Looking ahead... We're continuing to try and develop the remaining amount of property down on Southbridge um, as, a, as an additional expansion area. And we're also working on some things like the state of Minnesota has got a local housing trust fund program where they'll match dollars. So we're looking at some cash we have in our own housing fund to match that to get that state grant. I think it's about $150,000. might allow us to then help uh, do some more affordable housing projects if we can potentially find some partners on that. So... Um, both of those entities are very busy in their key priorities. There is a cost of that, but um, it's really, I think, helping to make Northfield a stronger community as well um, in the housing and in business development areas. Uh, once again, Ben Mardik is with us, and we're discussing some of the uh, areas of the uh, budget and the tax levy that were discussed last night. Once again, this is a long process. It doesn't happen just overnight, and this is kind of the first step, at least public step, that the council has had to discuss that uh, in a work session setting, and there will be more in the future, so we can't possibly cover everything, that uh, the whole budget, but uh, we're going through bits and pieces of this. I also mentioned the fire department uh uh, Tom Nelson, who was there to uh, pr- provide some information. Uh, what about the fire department, the uh, budget we have for them? 
Yeah, I, I would say I, I kind of made light of it at the meeting, but I'm serious too. I would say that the fire department for the city is it's a significant uh, portion. It's it's just under um, uh, eight hundred thousand dollars, roughly, in this year's budget that we pay in towards um, fire protection and rescue services because they also do like rescues from vehicles, extraction if there's car accidents, as well as fire response and then fire prevention because our fire chief often says prevention of fires is really what saves lives and that's probably been an area where we've been a little more deficient because of the lack of resources so because he now he is our new full-time chief our first one in northfield and serving our surrounding townships in dundas really is being way more proactive on inspections of rental properties making sure that where people sleep that's the most important area to make sure and we have rental regulations in northfield so partnering with our building inspections on uh, inspections to ensure that fire alarms are working and safe exitings in place for people so we can protect lives also working with like our colleges on false alarms and trying to reduce our false alarm calls but still remain and then increasing the amount of safety inspections within our dormitories within our community those are just a couple of examples of that and so uh, tom nelson was in and was very positive about it was a significant change but there's no question that it's really been very helpful um, related to that we did have a pretty significant increase to get that additional funding and our reserves got drawn down in the fire department with a failure of a piece of equipment so we took a kind of a double hit in 2023 that i had talked about last year that was partly impacting our larger tax levy increase um that reserve has been replenished um in our and after a year of operating, we're actually slightly reducing the operating cost of the fire department. Not real dramatically, but it's getting dropped down a little bit um, based on what we're seeing for expenses. So I think that's being responsible, too. Though Even though we were predicting a little bit higher, they, we made some adjustments to bring it back down uh, slightly. We do the, the one thing I would say is we have a major piece of equipment, um, about 500000 that we're looking on partnering with them on um, a pumper truck that's scheduled for replacement. Fire department, that's probably one of the biggest things is you have really big pieces, expensive pieces of equipment that you don't use an awful lot. So you got to be kind of thoughtful about how and when you replace that and be very intentional about taking good care of them. And I know they've been doing a good job with that. But overall... Um, probably going to see a lot more stability on the uh, fire department we got some interesting policy things going on kind of separate from the budget about considering moving to a taxing district as a concept um, away from our joint powers agreement doesn't really have an impact financially directly to the operational expenses but would maybe change some governance issues but that's coming down the road but um, overall very uh, positive in our partnership with the fire department and the council was supportive of the budget and is pleased with with the direction uh, that they're going let's talk about the uh, direction which they are going you mentioned september 5th is the uh, next time that a lot of this will be brought up and that's a if i'm not mistaken that's a regular meeting that's not a work session is that correct yeah, so we uh talking about big projects when I started out. Um, we have a number of large public works projects, again, that are kind of hitting an important timeline. So we're placing those at what normally we would do for the next budget meeting in September. That would be the second Tuesday. So though we, we're going to use that for mostly public works projects. But the first meeting in September is a little lighter on our regular agenda. So we're going to close down our regular agenda afterwards and then roll into a follow-up budget work session that night. 
if we need to slide in maybe another hour or so that next week before we head into our preliminary levy at the end of September, uh, we could do that as well. Um, but we're really kind of gearing up for the bigger components. Um, and next, uh, the ones that we mainly talked about tonight, the components, uh, we did touch on our debt going forward last night. So when we're doing budgeting, the debt side, basically our loans and borrowing that we have out for equipment for street projects is really kind of a year delayed. So we already have our obligations for next year that we're planning to pay for our tax levy on. So that's really a fixed dollar amount. We know on our debt service funds, we've got uh, overall increase on our debt funds of about 23%. And part of that's bigger projects. Um, the other thing I'm going to be talking about more is cost of infrastructure over the last couple of decades has been going up way above inflation. So infrastructure is way more expensive than it used to be. And it's creating a lot of challenges in, in city budgets everywhere. And tax levies are primary way to help pay for some of that. Um, it's really our primary funding source. So that debt that we have scheduled next year um, would translate on its own to a 3.9% tax levy increase. So <laughs> we talked a little bit about that last night um, about our obligations, but our bigger discussion probably after the preliminary levies, and that's where I talked about financial planning, is we have a lot of serious discussions about prioritization and costs related to infrastructure for these future years that we're going to be talking about throughout the remainder of the budget. Probably not quite as heavy in the September meeting, but certainly in October and beyond. The other big piece that the early September we'll be looking at is really then probably honing in a lot more on the general fund uh, expense changes that we've got and um, the uh, as well as um, when I talked about maintenance, we have a few different cash funds that we use to take care of our parks, replace our equipment facilities um, and um, we uh, and uh, let's see here facilities, equipment and park maintenance. And so we've been doing, we've done financial planning on what needs to get done and what's the cost to just take care of what we have within like replacing our cars, vehicles, in our playgrounds. And we're looking at kind of a phased multi-year approach to kind of look at some increases incrementally, kind of like what I was talking on, on the utility funds, incremental increases. Then once we're there, we can kind of flatten it out. Um, so we had some discussions on that last night within those funds that will be a focus area along with our general operations a greater focus at the meeting in september now you uh, the, you know we could be looking right now at you know just under a double digit increase potentially in the tax levy the good news is the tax rate under that at that kind of nine percent level would actually be equivalent to what we are this year so you'd, you'd be a same tax rate um, if you went above that, it would be slightly above that. But we'll, we'll be digging a lot deeper into that and what it means and why uh, after the September meeting. Um, but we did, you know, as I talked about all those other things this evening, those are big components. I know people don't focus probably as much on the utility funds or some of these more minor tax funds. But it is expense-wise a big chunk of our budget and kind of allows us to then focus for the rest of the budget um, on these other areas uh, that people I know are very attuned to. Uh, once again, Ben Marting is with us. Uh, you know, question that I had is a, a good chunk. Uh, you're given three options. One was uh, uh, presented with three options, a 7% increase and in change, 10% and change, I think 12% in, in some change. And a lot of that was uh, the difference in uh, the uh, levels. Uh, was that funding for the parks? 
a good portion of that. And when I, what I think of that, and I think what a, a lot of average citizens think is like, are we going to get more playground equipment? Uh, is there going to be, are there, will there be more trees planted? But uh, you're, from what I understood from your last statement, it encompasses a lot more than uh, just greenways. Yeah, it's not a message that I love to give, but the fact is, it's a lot of it's maintaining what we have, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're we've been going year to year on some of this, and costs have been increasing, and so it's it's more of kind of like maintaining what we have. So when I say the park fund, we're saying we're looking at about three years of a one percent tax levy just to help get the park fund where it needs to be to take care of our playgrounds and uh, and equipment that we have. And then it's going to be very incremental after that. You might see more inflationary, not tax levy impacted, but like the total spending then would drop down to an, only about a 2% change in expenses or three per year after that potentially. But the alternative is if we don't fix it, we're going to have to have more discussions about do we start taking equipment out when it's done that it's a, a useful life and just remove some of our playgrounds as an example is potentially where we go or some projects that we have to do maintenance, like we've done maintenance on pickleball courts or done some upgrades. Those things might not be able to get done if we, if we don't have the dollars to maintain some of the infrastructure, same thing on our, our vehicles. Um, we've had, um, major increases. Um, I didn't write down my notes now, but uh, people who have been out in the car looking to buy a new car have seen it too. We've seen huge increases in our vehicle cost pre-COVID to post-COVID. We're still hoping that that will drop down as you know supply starts to catch up and production gets figured out in some of these areas, but it's impacting us. In fact, we used to get these really great prices on the state bid contracts for like our police squads and things. It's like way lower than any individual could buy off of a lot because it's a government you know rate that we get that's bid out by the state. But those people, those, uh, those, uh, dealers aren't honoring that right now because the supply is so backed up. So basically they're only offering what it would be on the lot at more of a retail price. And also they aren't, they don't even have any available. So we've had to wait and they're like trying to spread it out across communities. So it's like, okay, we'll give you one car, but that's all we've got. We want to kind of keep some other people happy. So we'll give this other department a car. So it's really been challenging and increasing our cost, uh, pretty dramatically. Um, related to our equipment needs um facility funds we're looking at uh one percent le- uh, in uh 2024 and then after that um this would be like for taking care of like roof replacements city hall's got a roof replacement need coming up so making sure it's not leaking and that kind of a thing one percent uh in 2024 and then after it's set then it would be a more incremental increase after that so we're kind of getting to the point where it can kind of take care of it but again these are all difficult and challenging, but we're trying to get better at financially planning these bigger costs. It's really the drivers really are primarily uh, right now are projects. It's the cost of doing street projects. It's the cost of doing buildings and equipment. That's really creating a lot of stresses for us and other communities uh, across Minnesota. All right, uh, we won't put you through any more stressful interview questions, <laughs> Ben. Thank this you. Is, so- this is what I live, Jeff. Right? <laughs> it's not stressful; it's reality, though. So, yeah, um, yeah, we've got a lot more discussions about the budget and uh, the uh, tax levy to uh, come in the future over the course of the next couple of months, as you had mentioned. So, thank you so much for coming in. Are there any other announcements? Anything else you wanted to bring up while we have you here? 
Um, well, uh, I don't think I have anything to, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I was, uh, I think we, we went till about nine o'clock last night. I spent a couple hours working and I was up at five this morning on some other things. So <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that today, but, it, um, look forward to more and, uh, appreciate getting you, uh, helping to get the information out to your listeners in the community. Ben Martin, Northfield city administrator. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN.